Stories to learn from in life and business. That's what we're doing on this program. This is Dirt Road Journeys. I'm Rob Deptford. My guest today is a passionate storyteller. He's a TEDx and keynote speaker, a self-described sales nerd, a LinkedIn creator, and when he's not sharing stories with his customers or podcast audience, he can be found sharing his passion for storytelling with Mindset Mondays, giving keynote speeches, mentoring and coaching other professionals to develop their storytelling skills. And he believes that everyone has a story. It's just a matter of unlocking it from the grips of the subconscious mind. Like all superheroes, he has an alter ego as chief education architect for Tanium. In this role, he uses his storytelling skills to share transformational stories of how to elevate the ways that schools defend their teachers and students from cyber villains everywhere. He and his wife of more than 40 years enjoy spending time with their two children and seven grandchildren whenever possible. He's also a retired triathlete and is a two-time Ironman triathlon finisher. He's the host of two podcasts, Go Tanium Tech Stories and the Doug Thompson Podcast. You've probably guessed by now that my guest is Doug Thompson. It'd be weird if it weren't, right? The Doug Thompson podcast. <laughs> I keep threatening my audience in my introductions, and one of these days I won't be Doug Thompson on the podcast just to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Rogers, host of my again today. Hey, Doug, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I, I was talking before we started recording. Um, you know, this is a bit of an experiment for me, and I've been inviting people on who will put up with my mistakes. <laughs> hey, my, my pleasure. We've all been there. You know, I, I'm on episode, I don't know, getting close to 100 now. And I think uh, I heard once you get to 100, you're a real podcaster. I don't, I, I still make mistakes. Is that the milestone? That's the milestone I have to hit. <laughs> That's the one I'm going to put. I just, I, I need to put something down there. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, I've got a ways to go. I've got work to do for sure. So I, I think we're still in the single digits as we record this episode. So we'll see, uh, we'll see where it leads. Uh, but great to have you on. Um, we've been talking with other people embarking on entrepreneurial journeys. Uh, some have been doing it for a while. Some have been doing it for a short time. Uh, people from all different backgrounds and and really discussing uh, some of what the challenges are and some of what the good things are too. And this is the whole deal in you know, providing some value for people to learn from uh, what we discuss on the program. So uh, you've had some different uh, things happen through your career journey um, and now doing a lot of the podcasting as we talked about. Just take me through the journey, the career journey, maybe the more recent career journey and how you ended up doing this podcasting thing. Well, I'd like to, and you were an early guest on my podcast too. So we're just simply, you know, returning the favor here. And we put, which a link to that in the show notes. But I, if to say it was planned would be lying through my teeth. <laughs> just, uh, you know, I, I, to, to get to the podcasting piece is sort of funny. Somebody reminded me the other day that back in my 30s, I was a sports guy on a radio station back in my uh, hometown. And I'd forgotten about that because podcasting really is sort of modern radio uh, that, that you have. That, although you got way better tools than I did when back when I was having to splice real to real stuff and all that. So I, I sort of fell back into something that I love to do. And, uh, you know, I, I had a personal podcast, been doing it for a few years. 
I love the storytelling piece of interviewing great people, learning about their stories. And then when I got to Tanium, uh, they started sort of an evangelism team and they said, look, we need somebody to do a podcast where you do ours. So, you know, me and talking, you know, pay me to talk. Hey, I'm fine with that. That, that works for me. So <laughs> that's where I, I got to the podcasting. But you, you mentioned the entrepreneurial spirit. And I was reading a story the other day, and it's been true in my career that even if you're working for a corporation or something like that, you can still have that entrepreneurial mindset. And those that really get ahead sort of treat the company as if they were the owner, if they did do these things. So a lot of it is a mindset thing, regardless of where you are. It is a mindset of how you're treating things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I've heard it called intrapreneurship. Um, and uh, and there's something about that, taking a bit of ownership, right? And uh, mm -hmm. and uh, really having a vested interest in what you do. Yeah, exactly. And and I, so I brought that same passion of of talking to the to the you know podcast at work. And we have other we've we have this partner or partner event coming up where we're doing some live shots and all. So I get to go out with a man on the on the street. So just this, you know, when you're doing something you love, it's not really work. You know, that's not. That's, yeah. a, that's an old yeah. saying, but it really is true. Um, and, but you can find that in a lot of different places if you're just open to looking for it. Yeah, no question. No question. Hey, um, so do you, would you call yourself an entrepreneur or do you, do you, would you call yourself a side hustler? We have these labels, right? Like how do you, yeah. where do you fit in in that? Yeah, well, I, I'd say it's a bit of both. So I, I've been a corporate rat for my entire you know, career pretty much. Um, I've worked at Microsoft for 20 years before I came to Tanium. And before that, I worked for Panasonic for 11 years. And, and it's, you know, I was, I, I didn't really change jobs until I find one that, you know, I sort of have this scale I look at every morning of, of the fact that, you know, how, do I look forward to going to work? And on, on a scale of, you know, 10 days, you know, if it's getting down to five or six days that I don't look forward to going to work, then I'm like, okay, I need to do something different. So I've tried to do that and change. I changed jobs into companies, but I've just, I, I've always felt like I was contributing to the bottom line. And the best thing I do is I get to meet with customers. That's where the sales nerd comes into play. Lately, I've been doing the podcast and, and you know, I've been doing some keynote speaking and stuff as sort of, it's a side hustle if you had to put a name on it, but it's, it's, it's an extension of me. It is still, you know, it, the, the me you meet at Tanium and the me you meet at a TEDx or something like that, or a podcast is exactly the same. You know, it's 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 life. We we have to balance that out. And I've been doing more of this sort of stuff on the side because one, it gives me energy. It's sort of, as odd as it sounds, doing this extra work actually gives you energy back, or at least it does me. And then eventually, I you know, I'm way closer to the what used to be the golden watch than I am the new employee orientation. So I'm looking to do something after I retire. So I'm trying to build that runway too at the same point in time while still, you know, contributing during my full time gig. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sort of, um, you're approaching that transition, um, mm -hmm. and, um, and you're learning some lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. What's been the biggest lesson so far? Uh, when you, you know, it, a lot of it is the creative stuff that come, comes on. There's no, there's no rules. I, I, there's really, I have this class that I teach or talk that I give to uh, people that are about to graduate college and, and high school too. It's called your career doesn't have a syllabus. And I sort of go over my life story, the hills and valleys, sort of how to, how I succeeded, but I'm writing, this is a whole new thing over here. This, 
this entrepreneur stuff. I just, you know, I formed an LLC and man, there was a lot of paperwork involved in that. <laughs> setting up a you know, setting up a bank. And I'm just going through now. I've I've got a client over in New Zealand. Now we're trying to figure out how I can get paid because they do wire transfers and the bank I have doesn't do doesn't have a SWIFT account. So now, there's just a lot of things that aren't done that you take advantage, you take for granted, you know, at a at a corporate place. People do those things. And yeah. I need to thank them yeah. a lot more. I do I do not know that because that's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. 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 So every day is a new adventure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, never, <laughs> never, never dull for sure. Yeah. Have you, um, you know, ha have you had a system for sort of setting goalposts as you're, as you've come through your career and as you've made this or started to make this transition? Oh, I'm horrible at that. Uh, I was going through some, I, I just started a new routine of, of, uh, doing more reading in the morning. I actually been using the blinks app. I don't know if you've ever seen that where they sort of just it's the cliff note audio cliff note version of, of books. And, um, you know, uh, Maxwell had uh, John Maxwell, I think it was, uh, had, had talks about setting these and I'm horrible at it. I need to do that. That's something I'm sort of committing to do a little bit at a time. What can I get? What are the three things I can get done this week to forward the goal? Um, I've been horrible about writing that down. And again, that's sort of the, my journey through corporate life was until I started sort of that, that barometer started going off that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing well. I wasn't feeling accomplished. I just didn't have that desire. You know, I could have, you know, prevented some of that stuff. If I'd actually had goals of, you know, here's, here's what I want to do in five years. Yeah. I'm, I'm the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm a 13 year old in my brain. My brain is a constant 13 year old that sort of goes off with uh, almost a little ADD that just, Hey, I'm, I'm having fun. And I like to do experience new things and I'll plan for it later, which, um, you know, luckily for me, it, I, I've people I've met have been kind enough to kick me off into the right direction when I needed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so in your time in, in corporate, um, and, and in, in just observing, uh, changes, evolution in industry, um, you know, not just your own, but in maybe in other industries that you've worked with or, or have just observed, what have been some of the big changes? And I'm asking this from a place of, you know, we've had a, we've had some disruption over the last couple of years for sure. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we've watched values change in the workplace and we've watched a lot more people jump into options like side hustles and, you know, opt in work, like the Uber of everything, right. And, and, and different things. So what do you see in terms of the change that you've seen and, and where we're going with this stuff too? Yeah, I, you know, I, I've been, again, I've been fortunate to sort of have, have good career pathways where I've been. You know, I was at Microsoft through, you know, two different, three different CEOs, start off Bill Gates, then Steve Ballmer, and then Satya at the end of it. And, and you know, you go through, Bill, we were flying high, but the world was way different then. You know, it's at that time, the PC upgrade cycles, every time, you know, the, every time there's a new version of Windows, you came out with new laptops and whatever, because they were faster and faster sold. And, it, you know, that was, you know, everything was sort of a project based and had cycles to it. Um, and then we went through, uh, the consumer disruption piece of it with mean, Steve jobs and all the eye products and all, um, totally turned that on his head. I mean, the Microsoft stock went down like 13 bucks at one time. I mean, we were, we were on the road to irrelevancy. Uh, you know, this was sort of a, after that you have the, the Mac versus PC ads and stuff that, that we let go. And then you, 
get Satya coming on, which sort of spun the company around. So he went through these transformations that sort of went with the business cycles. And, and you have to do that with your career with yourself too, I believe, is sort of see what's out there, what's available, what passion that you have and be able to. So, you know, I could see myself if, you know, if this didn't happen, if, if for something happened, you know, where in my career at, at uh, corporate life, you know, I would pursue the, you know, probably pursue the entrepreneurship. Like you said, the, 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 as a service, I'd be the podcaster as a service <laughs> almost, but um, I, I think, it forced a lot of people to do things they'd been thinking about, but didn't have the courage to leave what they knew. You know, we all sort of cling, like to cling on changes of is very painful for, for a lot of times, but sometimes good pain. For, for example, like when I went to, when I came here, I wasn't feeling it where I was at. I, I was um, not performing my best. And this opportunity came up and it was like, yeah, I need to reinvent myself. And, and if we listen to that voice of when we need to re reinvent ourselves, be it a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, partnership, what have you, something that you've done differently, embrace that fear a little bit. I was, you know, I'm, I was a 60 year old dude trying to learn new, you know, that's ancient in technology, but that little 13 year old in my head who loves to find, who loves to take things apart. And most of the time puts things back together with all the parts, but you know, that's, it reinvigorated itself. So embrace that. I felt more alive in the last two, you know, in the last 18 months than I had probably in the past five years before that. Yeah. Is that part of the messaging you give to young people now, or what's some of the advice you give to young people? Yeah. One of it, you know, is, well, some of it's the sales piece of that. I go back to Dan Pink's got a book to sell as human and, you know, every job has sales in it, whether it's, got a quota or not, you know, in a, in a formal title does that. But if like, if I'm trying to sell my value to somebody else as an entrepreneur, here's my value. I need to learn how to do that. So one of the things that I try to coach people is learn to sell, not, not necessarily in a salesy way, but how do you position yourself as an expert or how do you position your opinion and how to convince other people, um, or, or talk with other people and share that, what that value is. But always be looking ahead. Don't be looking at what's shiny today or even what's shiny tomorrow. Where does that going? Try to connect that dot going into the into the future. I was talking to somebody the other day about the industrial metaverse, and you know, which is it's you know not the Facebook side of it, but sort of what powers that? What's the, all the I, smart devices and everything that goes along with that? And and I was talking to somebody who was he was brilliant smart cities and things like that. And, and that's the stuff that excites me is the stuff that could be. And, and so I was telling him, always be looking, if you're, if you want to do corporate, be looking for what your next job is and start putting a stake in the ground. What do you need to do to accomplish that? But even further from a technology perspective, you know, I would say right now that even if your life depends on this phone, your days are going to be sort of numbered as we go on. It's just a matter of time before technology catch ups where this is broken down into several different components. It's already started with the smartwatch, you know, the 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 uh, the Apple Watch or something like that. Now maybe I have a ring or maybe I have the other thing. So it's just a matter of time. I mean, I was at Microsoft when the we had the tablet PC which had Windows XP on it, weighed eight pounds and had a forty minute battery life. So this is <laughs> way before the way before the iPad. So the concept was there, but the hardware and software wasn't there to support it yet. Right. So so it's you know think about that because eventually. 
somebody will come up and fill backfill what you need to make your idea a success. So, so be thinking about that. Yeah. And it's happening faster now, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's all well, the acceleration. What I knew today is, is already outdated. Yeah. I, I, I spent some time this weekend. I had to go back and reset a lab. I did a, a post about it this morning and there's a bunch of steps in there I'd forgotten about. And it only been three months since I'd done it because I'd filled up that brain cell with all this new stuff <laughs> that I had to do. So I had to go dust off those those pathways back to that old knowledge I just learned because it just moves so fast. Everything is as a service. Yeah. And and that's what a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. They keep clinging on to what's familiar and what's comfortable. Yeah. <coughs> oh, sorry, I thought you hit the cough button. I didn't. Um, so you can edit that out. But, you know, it's it's getting to the point where if you're not a little bit uncomfortable in just about everything you're doing, you're going backwards. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the the pace is just is amazing. Even even with COVID and supply chain, that you know the the change isn't going to stop. Um, yeah. You know, short of a short of a, a bomb that stops all, you know, one of those, those pulse one of those, um, can't think of it now. The ones that kill all electronics, you know, but technology yeah. will keep going. Yeah, I'll think of that name of it twenty minutes after I stop talking to you. <laughs> Well, let me let me just jump back to the idea of having this vi like a vision. Um, you know, we've talked about that in business for a long time, having a, a company vision or a personal vision. And because things are changing so quickly now, I, I, I think that's getting a little more challenging, don't you think? Like, how do you how do you develop a vision that's going to not be obsolete tomorrow? Well, I, I think. Yeah, and this is one thing that, that I try to, try to think about is, is it's a little bit like sailing. I don't know if you've been sailing or not, but I'd say I want to cross this lake to get to the other side. So my ultimate goal other than life, you know, my ultimate goal is to leave this world a better place. That's very generic, leave it better than it was. So if I can impact one person's life every day with everything I do, then I'm on a step to, to doing that goal. But when you're sailing, the wind's not always at your back. It's not a straight line across there. You're going to tack across and go back and the wind has a vote, but you never forget where you're going. So, so the things that happen along the way, you know, how do you keep, you know, again, keep the in, in the final goal in sight while you sort of make these, these other things. Cause I, I'm a bit of, I believe things happen for a reason. So I've met people along the way, which at the time didn't seem remarkable. Uh, but later in life, it served well to sort of get informed me towards that goal of how do I become and leave this world a better place to the most people that I can help as many people as I can. So um, it, it just keep your eye on, on the biggest prize that you have. That's the that's the you call it a goal, but that's the ultimate goal. Right. So that's the thing. Yeah. If, if you look back at your life and I saw this, ex heard this exercise this morning. So picture three years from now, you're dead. Yeah, that's sort of a grim thing. Right. You have people like Rob coming to talk at, at your eulogy, you know, giving a eulogy. What do you want them to say about you? Yeah. Right. So, so do, is that align what you're doing today and tomorrow and the next day in alignment with that, that, that would be the big goal. Hopefully, hopefully it's 50 years from now, but you know, if that's the big goal, what are you doing to keep consistent in, in alignment with that? Then I think you'll be fine with whatever happens with technology or what have you. Yeah. I like that. What's your legacy, right? Exactly. Yeah. You put it less less scary than what I did. I mean, I'm, you're dead. <laughs> well, hey, it forces you to think about it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. 
it, it, it's we all we're all mortal. I've got classmates that are passing on. I had a guy his birthday was the day before mine passed on about three years ago. And, and sometimes you do sit and reflect, and you you wonder what you know what was different in their in their life. You know, when you're talking about days apart, what was different? You know, what 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 led to their untimely what would be an untimely demise but i looked went to his funeral and i had the opportunity to say a few words and i remembered you know i remembered him from from where we're growing up and he lived his life the way that he wanted to i mean i think that was the best compliment regardless of the twists and turns that were thrown at him he lived the life that i remember 30 years ago him telling me he wanted to live so i think that's the biggest compliment anybody could ever give yeah i would agree with that for sure um let me ask you about resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking about some of the challenges and the lessons uh, through the career path and, and life in general, uh, we all have the bumps in the road, right? Which is kind of the theme of, of the show and where this came from. How do you bounce back? Is there something you do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, resiliency, uh, I think, is something that we've not served the youth well in teaching them that skill. Cause when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have social media. We didn't have these other things. You know, you, you had parents and family that would watch out for you. And, you know, t- you know, my dad's favorite saying was, you know, get up, rub some dirt on it and move on. <laughs> not, not very, not very stoic, but it did teach you, Hey, that things are going to happen. And, and the only thing that you can do, and this is in Stephen Covey's book, the only thing that you can control in life is how you respond to a situation. That's the mm-hmm. only thing in the world you have control. Because I can't control what Rob's going to do. I can't control what my neighbor's going to do or the bad guy down the street. But how I respond to whatever happens is the only thing that I have control over. And that gets back down to resiliency. Are you going to stay down? Or are you going to sit in the pity pool, which is nice and comfortable? And it's sort of relaxing and you think that's a great place to stay. Are you going to go take charge and do something about it? I mean, there's some things that are out of your control, but don't let those things that are out of your control blind you to what is in your immediate control to start helping you work through that. Um, you know, I, I will spend a couple of days, you know, depending on what it is. There's, you know, some days you spend a couple of days to get down. You get the natural, the natural state of the mind is somewhat of a negative outlook on life. It's a subconscious trying to protect us, but you have to be able to tune in to know that you're going down that we'll call that the muddy road, not the red, not the dirt road, but the muddy road and say, well, this is not right. You know, I need to go down this other path or, you know, cause it's easy to fall down there. So it's constantly checking in with yourself. Hey, wh- am I feeling what, what am I feeling right now? And why am I feeling it? What goes on constantly questioning that. And then again, trying to keep, how is this helping me? get down the road. I mean, you have to process grief or, or what have you along the ways of the setback. Um, but you also then need to pick up, dust yourself off, rub some dirt on it and go on. That's the resilience piece of it. Cause it's, it's not that it's those people that have done that, that you see succeeding all the time. It's the failure means you're trying something new and you're stretching and you, that should be rewarded. You know, I, I talked to Part of the talk I have about the kids is they've been in this environment for 20 years going through a program of which they know their path to success is written down in the syllabus. Mm-hmm. If you do X, Y, Z, you'll get, you know, you'll get this and you'll succeed. And unfortunately, there's so much pressure on them now that failure 
is is frowned upon because that sort of cuts back on your status or what have you, you know, and perceived status. And that means they stay very much in this very safe zone, this very narrow type thing on that. So when they fail, eventually, everybody will fail. You get out with a bunch of other people that have been that. They don't know how to recover from it. We haven't taught them that skill that's, hey, get back up. You're going to do this. You know, this is a good thing that you, It sometimes it has bad consequences. I don't want to, you know, glass, gloss over that. But you've learned something from it. It's like, it's like oh, what was it, Edison and the light bulb. You know, he didn't fail 99 times. He just found 99 times that it didn't work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Perspective, right? Perspective. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me shift gears a little bit. Um, tell me about, so you've got two podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and so tell me a little bit about the cyber villains and the mission there with, uh, with Tanium and what's happening there. Yeah, this is sort of a manifestation of a journey. I started back when I was at Microsoft, I was on the education team and you know, the bad guys, you know, students or, or schools are ripe with the single, the single most important piece of information you could get is a kid's social security number and all their other stuff, birthday and the things around that. Cause then, you know, and any identity can be spun off of that. And, and schools by and large have the largest collection of those things in, in any one place. And they also know that, you know, that, that they tend to be understaffed and underfunded. Um, and, and that there's certain times a year where they're going to be more vulnerable to, to attack and we can get in and get that information. So they're just a big target. You, you think about it the first of the school year when, when all the IT people and stuff are, uh, you know, the resetting passwords, when they're doing these other things, just trying to get stuff to work. They, yeah. they don't, can't pay attention to the phishing email or some other stuff that's going on in the background. And, and some of it is, you know, that's the opportunity there. And that's why they're the biggest uh, uh, threat. It, 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 I mean, the, they're the biggest victim, a lot of the stuff. I'm doing a presentation in a couple of days on this subject about ransomware hitting and, and the and the things that are in there. And I, I think to some extent we have legislators which are making laws which don't have any technical background, really don't know what's required to do what they say. They say some things which they look pretty good, they sound reasonable, but they then don't give them the funding and stuff to go ahead and execute on that. Yeah, I but but there's also the 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 challenge it gets a little bit of fear gets in here is we can't change. You know, we've done it. We've always done it this way. We can't change. And I'm here to help try to change that too. So really trying to give them the tools and the the thought process to help fend off these, the bad guys, because the, the bad guys have no problem, you know, doing malware as a service and constantly changing their tactics when uh, the, the victims, the schools are sort of put in a box. And so how do we, how do we make that box a little better? Yeah. I think that's tremendously important. And it, it is, it's constant and ever changing, isn't it? It's tough to keep up with the bad guys. Yeah. Their, con- their tactics are, you know, I wish we could turn them around to the good, <laughs> but Hey, can you do some good here? Can you do these things? But, yeah. um, you know, yeah. it, it's a, I like being on that front, that leading edge of that to, to sort of help lead that and help sort of you know share some messaging and success stories. That's one of the best things I love to do is watch somebody that succeeded at this sort of turn some things around the mindset around or the processes around and are successful and that I can share that with the others. I, I sort of call myself, I'm like a bee and I spread pollen around all the different plants because I get to sort of see this from, you know, uh, too, too often they're too busy trying to keep the lights on. I get the chance to go see and say, Hey, look, there's, there's other things that you can, that you can do that might make your life better. 
That's awesome. I like that analogy. That's that's terrific. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Doug Thompson podcast is a little different. It, it I, it's about storytelling. You know, I, I I found out, and this was the sales nerd piece of me. Um, you know, back back when technology could sell itself because it was bigger or faster, that was easy. I developed a skill over time, not not consciously. Um, this is one of those things where I was unconsciously drawn to good stories. Back in the day, you had Paul Harvey, which used mm. to come on and tell the rest of the story. Yeah, that was he, great. He, he was by far, I think, the best storyteller out there. Our son, whoever wrote it, was really good. But, I mean, they were great stories. I, I remember reading books when I was a kid and listening to stories. Then Mike Rowe today, with the way I heard it, tells really great stories. Um, and, and I've just always been, you know, fascinated with that. Then I, I started using that in my, in my, on the, on the sales side of this, where I would be selling technology and, and often now you're not selling technology to a fellow nerd. You're selling technology to a chief marketing officer or a superintendent or somebody that, you know, they, they would have trouble if we still had VCRs keeping the clock set on it. You know, they don't really care. They just have money they need to spend to solve a problem. So I have to go in and, and use stories to show them how this would solve their problem, right? So I'm sort of that unicorn in between understanding what technology does, how it works and the things that are required of it. Yet I understand the business processes and all the people side of the problem. And I sort of marry those two together through stories. I try to explain complicated stuff through stories. And so I, I we were interviewing for a position like mine and we went through like about 30 people and, and there was nobody hired. My manager said, look, we need, we can't, you know, these are very smart people, but they can't tell a story. They can't do these other things. And I, you know, it's one of those things which you, you're good at, but you don't know that you're good at because it happens all the time. So you assume everybody has this skill. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we all have areas of our life that this happens to us. And I was unconscious of that. So I, once I was made aware of that, I said, hey, look, how can I help other people get better at doing this? So that was the purpose of trying to deconstruct people's stories to, to help other people tell, tell better stories. That's the term was tech story. I, I, I called it tech explaining is what too many salespeople get into a little bad, you know, spin on mansplaining, but we get in, Hey, this is three gigas flops faster or something like that. It's like, well, I don't, uh, <laughs> so I try to avoid that. So that's what I, I do in that one. I get to talk to some really brilliant people and they're not necessarily technical, but they're very good storytellers. And, yeah. and that's the, the per, sort of the purpose of that. Tech explaining. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I found myself guilty of that just the other day. So. <laughs> hey, um, one of the, uh, one of the fun things I've been doing on the program is uh, asking people about where they live. So you got that cool accent cause you're a Texan. Uh, you're in the Austin area. And mm -hmm. uh, so if I were to come down and visit you, uh, what do I need to see? Well, one, the inside of an ice house right now, because it's going to be 110 degrees outside today. But let's say it's in a more temperate time of the year. Um, so I, I'm west. Uh, I'm 30 miles west of Austin. Uh, Austin likes to keep Austin weird. And, and we have a saying, we're 30 miles west of weird. Um, so it's, uh, we like to sort of play off that, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of wine. I mean, we're at the entrance to the hill country, which is very beautiful. It's not mountainous, 
but when you look at those old westerns and stuff where you could see hills and you know this other stuff so that there's a lot of that there's a lot of wineries and stuff texas wine's pretty good so i'd take you to a winery or two uh, they got some breweries and, and and uh distilleries as well i mean i think alcohol is like the number one sport out here but then we take we'd venture down into austin and and go touch a little bit of weird i take you to the ut campus it's a very beautiful campus that's get, that, that's there um Thank you to uh, Lady Bird Johnson um, a Wildlife uh, a Wildflower Place. So, so our former president's wife uh, was very big into flowers, and she, and matter of fact, she was responsible, little known fact, for rest areas that used to be on the interstates in the in the in the states. She was responsible for getting those things set up. So, so she was like that because you know we had these things to, to stop. That's back when you know you you'd be it was eight hundred miles between towns. But I would take you to the wildflower because there's just such a plethora of things. Again, you don't, you know, I, I like going to see things in one spot where I can see a lot of different things. I don't have to travel that far. And then I take you to get some good Mexican and in, in, uh, barbecue. Awesome. And then we'd have a siesta and, you know, it'd be all over. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally up for the barbecue because that's, uh, that's the thing there, right? If you're in the South, you got to go for barbecue. So. And it's different flavors, so don't you know? It's it's it is regional. That Texas yeah. barbecue, no sauce. It's all about the smoke and all about the seasoning you put on it, uh, as opposed to some of the other areas where it's about the sauce uh, and all. But yeah, it, it, if it, I did that for the Fourth of July and it was fantastic. Awesome! I'm up for all of it for sure. <laughs> a little bit more temperate, and we'll we'll go explore some. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Uh, hey, Doug. Um, Two podcasts. Where can we listen to them, and where can we find you? So I'm, I'm on all the major platforms. Uh, without you know Spotify, all those all those guys on that one, Apple Podcast. Um, I'm on LinkedIn most of the time. I am trying to broaden my Instagram uh, pr uh, presence a little bit. So bear with me on that because I really have no idea. And forget about the TikTok because I got like I watched it. I can't figure that out. But <laughs> um, but Instagram, LinkedIn is where I'm, and I'm just started today getting back into my mindset Mondays, I, my mindset had been elsewhere for a bit and I felt a little hole and that will be back every Monday with a mindset Monday. And, uh, you know, that's the best place to find me on that one. Awesome. Doug, appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me and uh, stay cool. Excellent. Well, you know, we will. Uh, we were a few degrees cooler than you for sure up here in Canada. Send me this please. Doug Thompson on Dirt Road Journeys. Hey, if you like the show, you can check us out on our own website, dirtroadjourneys.com. Of course, we're on all your favorite streaming platforms too. Really appreciate you joining us. Hope you'll join us again. I'm Rob Deckford.